I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today you'll hear what wowed us most about a smart home that we visited. We'll debate how far is too far to go when you're decorating your dorm room. And we'll talk about why rice is not a good decorating tool, like at all. Well, hey, Sherry. Hi, John. Do you hear those annoying birds? I don't think they'll pick up on the microphone. They're very loud. Should I like yell out the door? Like, shut up, birds. Hey, birds. We're trying to record a podcast. We're recording a podcast from our Have you no respect for the audio arts? (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to do something. Oh, gosh. Hey! Now the neighbors just think you're yelling at them. And applauding them. Now the dog is barking. I mean, do you hear that? Well, the door's open. Okay. I'll quiet the dog. I feel like I did nothing about the bird. You riled everyone up. Congratulations. Okay, well, now that nature is quieter, shall we get into some what's new? So my what's new this week is that we went to New York City for an event with HGTV called Blogger Block Party. It was really fun. We got to meet Emily Henderson, who's been our blog friend for a really long time. Sarah Peterson, the the editor-in-chief. Meg Caswell, one of the winners of Design Star, was there too, just hanging out. Yeah, it was rife with excitement. We did miss Genevieve. We missed Genevieve Gorder. We saw the pictures. She spoke earlier in the day, and we just must have been two ships. And it was a cool event. I mean, we had gone to that Haven conference couple weeks beforehand, so we weren't sure what to expect from this thing because it, that was in Atlanta. It was like at a big hotel conference center. This was like in New York City and this like smaller event space, but it was decorated with crazy color. And yeah, it, it looked so, really pretty. It was, it was like, like very club well done. HGTV. Exactly. It was everything you'd imagine if you painted a room white and filled it with color, like hanging lanterns in every color. The stairs were a gradient that they applied with vinyl that morning and were cleaning out that Guys evening. Were super cool. There were colorful paint brushes dipped in paint that they had dried and then they hung to make a backdrop. A bunch of doors, like some of the doors that are featured in their uh, the front of their magazine. Right. Every if you month. guys read HGTV magazine, there's like this um, new front door in the beginning of the magazine every month. And there's like a different doormat or different house numbers or like a wreath for the door. And it was funny to see all those doors. The actual doors were like propped up as like pops of color throughout the space. It was cool looking and it was fun. I mean, the thing I appreciated about it was that we arrived and we sort of went in the back and got ready and we pre-signed some books because it was also a signing for us and Emily Henderson was signing her book too. And then when it was time to go out, we you know got mic'd and did our little chat and everyone was sort of sitting in this big central part of the room. And then we got to just sit in the audience and watch Emily Henderson talk because she was the speaker following us. And then we all signed books and kind of meet and greeted people and took pictures. And then we said to Emily, I know you probably have plans because, you know, she's lived in New York and we've lived in New York. So we all have New York friends. So we assumed like she's definitely going to see her New York friends. We're going to see our New York friends. But she but was this like, was the first time we had met her in person. Yeah. And she was like, let's go to dinner together. So just the three of us was really fun. I, it exceeded my expectations. She was warm and friendly and approachable and sweet. 
Well, think, not that you didn't expect her to be that. No, I guess I just thought like it's business and she'll say hi to us, but then she'll have big, important Emily Henderson things to do. Well, I think like <laughs> you lived in New York longer than me, but you have those moments where you like bump into someone that you've admired from afar and they like don't meet your expectations. Right. I'd say I'd probably have had. Let's oh. just say Sherry has met Star Jones. Speaking Long story. Speaking Long of story. negative associations with people. No, I've had a lot of celebrity encounters because I used to work on Got Milk for an advertising agency in New York that represented milk. So I've met the entourage and a lot of stars. And then on the streets, just living there for six years, I like famously ran into Kevin Bacon and was like, don't I know you from somewhere? Are you like my dad's friend? And he was like, I'm Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> that is a famous story only to you and me. But anyway, I've I've met a lot of celebrities and many have been very kind. Meredith Vieira is one of the kindest people I've ever met. And some have like sort of just let me down. Like I wish I never met them in real life, which I've heard from a lot of people. It's almost like the pedestal you put them on is hard for them to remain on once you meet them. But but Emily Henderson. Emily firmly on the pedestal still. Firmly on the pedestal. <laughs> she's awesome. I'd say my first impressions were like, oh my gosh, she's as short as me. I'm 5'2". So most people I meet are like three to four, the five inches taller, taller than, than me. Yes. And she was just as little. I mean, we both had heels on, so it's hard to tell who was really smaller. I think she might have, you know, an inch on it me. It was like you, Emily, and Sarah Peterson, like all yes! in a row. Yes. It was fun. It was like a, a short girls club in the back. And then I was the third wheel that came along to dinner. That's right. No, you were contributing to the conversation. Well, thank though. you. I'd say I it do was my like best. it was like if you were a fly on the wall, it was three bloggers talking about blogging and then talking about renovating homes because there was a lot of talk of Emily's and our new kids. house. Yeah, and all of the talk about the children because we are both obsessed with our children. And I was bummed that her husband Brian was not there because it sounds like we would get along as well. Yeah, he seemed really nice. I think our big fail from the event was that despite having three bloggers, we did not think to take a photo together till like the very end of the day. And it was very dark. It was so dark and crowded in the restaurant we were in. That's why the picture that you may have seen us and Emily post on Instagram, it's a terrible picture. It's a terribly dark picture. <laughs> Emily's better at editing. So we put our picture up on Instagram and we'll post a link to it in the show notes. And then Emily shared hers and she had used like filters and it looked like brighter and cooler and she zoomed in and it was much more beautiful. But we do now have a hashtag. It's Hendersick. Hashtag Hendersick for Henderson Petersick. And there are two pictures. Our bad picture and her good picture under yeah, the hashtag. There's an easy way to check it out. Just check out the hashtag. <laughs> no one else is posting under that because it doesn't mean anything to anyone else. Exactly. But anyway, John, what's new with you? Well, I was going to share that while we were on our trip to New York, New Jersey, because we, we stayed in New Jersey the whole time with your brother. We also got to visit some of our friends that we used to work with. It was your old ad partner. Yes, this is the girl upon John meeting me. His first, Everyone asked John his first impression of me. First so. impression is I didn't know whether her name was Sherry or Heather because I met them both at the same time and I didn't know who was who. Exactly. Um, but she has moved into a new house recently with her husband and her son who is around our daughter's age. And so... We went over on our way out of town just to see it, and it was super cool. It was a great find for them because they needed a space where her mother-in-law could live with them. So they found a, a place that accommodated that, which was a very unique thing. They're still getting settled and everything. They've done a lot of like uh, painting and fixing up some floors, but they haven't unpacked everything because they're still pretty new to the house. But so the thing I want to talk about is her husband is a, a tech guy. He's really into gadgets and technology and all that stuff. And so every time that we visit, he always like gets me up to speed on what the John, like, thing is. John like basically nerds out with a notebook yeah. and they talk tech. I should bring a notebook. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, so they're working towards like making this house kind of like a smart house. And uh, so he was showing me a bunch of the features like they've got some of those bulbs, those hue bulbs 
they're light bulbs that can go in any ordinary fixture, but you can control them with your phone, like turn them on or off. You can set them on timers from your way. You can change them to any color in the color spectrum. He was in there like tapping his phone. They were like turning red and orange and green and stuff. So my favorite combination was red and purple, which side note in elementary school was my favorite combination because I wore layered socks and I'd wear red socks and then a layer of purple socks over my stirrup pants. Just FYI. <laughs> Glad I didn't know you then. You would have loved it. I would have gone well with my red sweatpants and my Looney Tunes shirts that I wore as a uniform frequently. (laughs) Um, So he had those light bulbs. They've got one of those cool doorbells that has a video camera on it because the way their door is situated is you can't see who's on the porch. And he says at night, they can go up to bed and they can say, good night, Siri. And yeah, and he did it while we were there, and it was amazing. The oh, lights, I missed this part. The lights dim to 20%, but they don't turn off. So they light the way for you to still leave the room. Like, they don't leave you And the in doors darkness. lock, too, right? The doors, I watched the latch turn on the door. It was amazing. But it was lots of fun to visit them. And I think one of the cooler features of the doorbell was also that you could see on your phone, and you could speak through your phone. So even if you're at work... Right. He said it senses motion. So at work, his phone will like ping him and say motion on the porch. And he'll see like UPS sling his package. And also if someone were knocking and you wanted to deter any sort of funny business, even if you weren't home, you would get an alert that someone was in front of your door and you could speak through the speaker. And so you could appear to be home even when you're not home. So it's all sorts of cool new technology that you and I, I think we were I've read about a bunch of stuff, but I haven't seen a lot of in person. And it certainly makes me curious. Yeah. And the other thing he was saying was cool about that lock was that if a contractor had to get in because they were doing a lot of work on the house while they were at work, they could unlock the door and relock the door. So they weren't leaving someone a key or worrying about someone leaving their house unlocked. It was something they could control from afar, which sounds great. It's the future, man. We're living in the future. Well, you know what's also in your future? What? Some what's not. So this is the portion of the show where I quiz Sherry on a category. I give her some things that are real and some things that are fake. She just has to tell me what's real and what's not. And I typically get around a D minus. Well, you should be good at this one because it's in one of your areas of expertise. Baby names. I'm excited about this. Or should I say interest rather than expertise? Right. I would say interest. You guys, if you really want to know the scoop, in 2007, so almost 10 years ago, we started a website. And maybe two years after that, I was like, the other website I wish I'd started was a baby naming site. And I've been obsessed with this idea of baby names because they're fun. And it's fun to pick a middle name that goes with the first name and do roundups like names inspired by Downton Abbey. And so I never did it, but it's the one that got away. Well, this category is called Who's a Novogratz? I know some of these. So for anyone who knows Robert and Courtney Novogratz, they had a show on HGTV called Home by Novogratz. They had a show on Bravo called Nine by Design. And listen, this is my Novogratz tip. Before they were on TV, I think, at least before I knew they were on TV, they put out a book, their very first book. And it's about homes that they made over called Uptown Chic. Downtown Chic. Downtown Chic. (laughs) Called Uptown Girl. (laughs) So anyway, it's called Downtown Chic. It's a great book. I mean, I really was in love with it. The same way I felt about early Domino Magazine or Old Cottage Living. I have this nostalgia for this book because I felt very inspired by it. There weren't a lot of books like it. So if you're looking for something to read, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. And I think from that, I know a few of their kids' names, but I think I know their older kids more than their younger kids because I don't think they had all the kids Yeah, they so they book. have seven children. That's why they had the show Nine by Design because with the parents, there's nine of them. So they're impressive just in that sense, but they have also accomplished a lot in the design world. Uh, but I'm going going to see of these names how many you recognize to be Novogratz children okay. okay so as we go tell me real or fake okay 
Max. Fake. Correct. We know a lot of Maxes, not a Novogratz. Bellamy. True. Yes. Wolfgang. Real. Yes. They call him Wolfie. You're correct. See, I knew you'd be good at this. Pilot. That's real. That is fake. Oh, like you're talking about Pilot Inspector? Yes, that's Jason Lee's son. His name Pilot. Okay. I threw in some real fakers. They're real baby names. Right, like Apple? (laughs) That's not in here. Okay, Breaker. That's real. Yep, Breaker Novogratz. Seven. That's real too. That's fake. What? Five. Oh, dang it. Yep. Five is their fifth. No, not their fifth. No, he's the fifth. Okay. Yeah, I threw that in there because I knew you knew there was one that was a number. Tallulah. That's real too. She's like one of the youngers. No, the two girls, Bellamy and Tallulah, are uh, number two and three. Wrong on all fronts. Yeah. Knows names, knows nothing about children. (laughs) Right, exactly. Holiday. No. Yes. No, really? I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. H-O-L-L-E-D-E-R. They call him Holly. Okay. Is he one of the youngers? Yes. Okay, so maybe he wasn't there when I read the earlier books. Duke. No. You're right. That is not an overgrowth. And Major. Yep. He's the old, he's the boy who like sings and plays the drums. He's like the cool one. I mean, they're all cool, but he's like exceptionally cool. Like he like sang at one of their events or something. No, Major is their youngest. So I don't think he was singing at a party. I think he's five now, maybe. Okay. Um, but I had to look up their ages. I didn't write that down before. So Bellamy and Tallulah, the girls are actually twins, as are five and Holiday. Huh. How did I know all about five, but never focused on Hollider? Maybe because they just call him Holly. Maybe. I can't explain what goes on in your brain. But nice work. You had quite a grasp on the Novogratz names. Not any concept of their you ages. You failed at getting extra credit of other facts about them. Right. I hear they're all very cool, and they're a super cool family. And we'll put a link to the Novogratz website on our show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast so that you can see the whole family if you'd like. And I'll link to that book. It's like seriously one of my favorite books about design. Oh, I think that's your voicemail. Do you want to play it real quick? Yep. Or should I say yip? Hi, John and Sherry. It's Vern Yip here. Sorry, Mr. Call. I was knee deep in fabric samples, not to mention juggling two kids and over 300 pounds of dog that are about to eat me out of house and home. Anyways, I got your message asking me about my favorite organizing tip, and that has to be investing in matching wooden hangers because an organized and beautiful closet is an incredible thing to behold. It's instantly transformative, relatively inexpensive, and a great excuse to get rid of those MC Hammer pants that you haven't worn since the 80s. Oh, and while you're at it, paint the inside of your closet a fun, bold color that you secretly love but wouldn't want to live with in any main room of the house. I think we were also talking about our favorite home items to splurge on and save on. For me, I think you know already that my favorite splurge is definitely artwork. Fine original artwork that speaks to you is not only a great way to tailor your home specifically to reflect you, but can be a wonderful investment. I personally love fine art photography because it's generally more affordable and accessible than other fine art forms. And there's so much available research you can access online ahead of time if you want to make sure that you're making a wise financial decision on top of an emotional one. Plus, if you love black and white photographs, they go with absolutely everything and are both timeless and classic. You know, in order to build a fine art collection, you have to save money somewhere, and I especially like saving money on fresh flowers and organic items. I love the way organic items make a home feel. I'm not at all about plastic fruit or silk flowers, but, you know, it can get expensive very, very quickly. Orchid plants are so widely available now and can often be had for $15 or less. 
I also love Granny Smith or Red Delicious apples in a bowl that then sit out on a foyer console or on a family room coffee table. I love the lasting pop of color they add, and I can purchase them for about $3 for a bag of six to seven. So much better than the plastic versions. Uh, and they can sit out for about a month or so before they have to be tossed out. Anyway, I hope we can talk more soon. I'm touring this fall with my new book, Vern Yip's Design Wise. So much of what I've mentioned on this message is included inside of the book. It basically answers all the questions that I mo most frequently ask, like how high do I hang my artwork? You hang it 60 inches from finished floor to the center. Or how high do I hang the chandelier above my dining room table? 66 inches from finished floor to the underside. You know, the questions everyone needs answers to. And people get to see how I live in my three very different homes through some beautifully shot inspirational imagery. Would love it if we could meet up while I'm on the road. So have a great week in case we keep playing phone tag and bye for now. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. That was awesome. I love hearing from Vern. Also, while he was talking to me, I was like lulled by his beautiful buttery velvety voice. And then I started thinking of like slogans, like as the world verns. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> or like feel the vern. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Come on, John. What do you have? You know what? I am completely blank at the moment. I'm just wowed by those two. I'm sure he's got plenty to work with. But we'll put a link to Vern's website and his new book, Design Wise, on our show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast so you guys can check him out. Vern around bright eyes. Every now and then I fall apart. And I need you now. And I need you more than ever. The official Vern Yip theme song. I think it could work. Okay. Well, Sherry, now can I talk to you about dorm rooms? Okay. Well, you know, it's sort of back to school. Our nephew just went off to college. I know. Like the young adult he is. And the other reason is this thing came across my Facebook feed recently that I guess has gone somewhat viral-ish. There are these lavishly decorated dorm rooms that are getting tons of feedback online, both positive and negative, as tends to as happen on the internet. Online. <laughs> yeah. My understanding is that it was born from one student, one freshman at Ole Miss, so the University of Mississippi, who posted a picture on Twitter of the dorm room she decorated with her roommate. And they had like a before and after the before looked like any move-in day with like the kind of cinder block and prison looking beds. Mm -hmm. And then the after was these tufted headboards and bed skirts and ottomans and furniture that I... Like real housewife style room versus dorm room. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was impressive that this would be a freshman dorm. If Lisa Vanderpump decorated a dorm room, it would look like this room. And so I guess the reason why there's been a range of reactions to it is because some people are reacting like many of us do to any good makeover, like, wow, that's impressive that you were able to make this drab, ordinary space that is, you know, the same as probably every other room on the hall look so amazing and undorm-like. Right. But then there's also the people that are like, this is a dorm room, chill out. What did they use? I mean, was it super high-end or was it like Target or TJ Maxx that would be like a dorm Well, no, let, I'll show you the picture and we'll put this picture in the show notes um, so everyone else can see it. I'll also link to a couple of the articles. Again, the headlines are things like, how long until these roommates with fancy dorm rooms hate each other? You know, oh, that's people little... are not very nice. <laughs> Editorializing. Yeah. But again, th these articles are where you get the best collections of some of the other photos of other dorm rooms because... I think after BuzzFeed, I think they were the first to publish the photo. A bunch of other people started tweeting like, hey, what about my dorm room? Like apparently people are talking about there's some competition at Ole Miss about the fanciest dorm room. So there's a lot of these rooms that look similar where you can see they've got like 
you know, these really nice headboards and everything matches. Yeah, that's the, I'm looking at your phone right now and that my takeaway is that it almost looks as if it's a mirror image. Yeah, like it's if like, you drew a line in the middle of the pictures. There's a window and then a matching bed. Twin beds with matching headboards, with matching art above the headboards, with matching, even things like a matching ottomans on each side or a Sometimes matching dresser on each side. Sometimes the monograms are different. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking and it says they sourced from stores like Marshall's, TJ Maxx, Pottery Barn and local furniture and antique shops. So I, I can appreciate that because but I think they're were not... Were you shopping at antique malls for your dorm room? That's true. I'd feel differently if they were like, we went to this LA shop and spent 5000 each on the beds. But like, so I guess I'm refreshed by talk of yeah. TJ Maxx and Marshall. Well, and I read, I think the, the girls' room who originally started this discussion, they said also they were long distance. They didn't know each other. I think one lived in Mississippi and one lived in Illinois. And so working on their room together was a way for them to bond before they moved in, which I think is a really nice thing to come out of this as well. Like I had like maybe one phone conversation with my roommate and I didn't know him. Oh yeah, I didn't meet my roommate. We didn't coordinate a thing. Yeah. I had a plastic shower curtain from Urban Outfitters with goldfish on it and an M&M poster and a blanket made entirely of denim. I saved denim jeans and I cut it into oh, rectangles. Oh, you made this? I made this with my mom and my mom. So it was made from like actual jeans? It, it was so heavy. If you laid under it, you felt like it was an x-ray blanket. It was kind of amazing. <laughs> Not only do I like hot car, I like pressure. So I was laying under this denim blanket, feeling at home in my dorm room with my goldfish shower curtain. Well, and you went to school in New York, so your dorm room was like cramped as Let me paint a out, picture right? for you. Yes, I was in a trip. So the bunks were along one wall. There was another bed jutting out like a diving board at a right angle in the corner. And then there was one desk that all of us shared. And there were two dressers and one dresser in the closet because there wasn't even room for three dressers. And I don't know. It was a fun experience to me and it wasn't beautiful. But I can't decide if I'm like, maybe we should all be thrilled if people are spending their time making their room pretty because there are like worse things you could do in college and trouble you could get into. So I'm kind of like, good for you for going to the antique mall. Yes. No, I, I am. I'm split on this as well because... Obviously, we are fans of anyone who takes time to make their space feel like them or feel like a place they want to come back to. And certainly a dorm room is a place that could use that. But at the same time, I think there's a certain like, I don't know, rite of passage. I see the eye roll of why do all these spaces look like crazy, perfect mirror images of each other. Sort of a very preppy upscale. It looks very ritzy. So you can make yeah. an immediate snap judgment about it. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of the critics are, you know, screaming privilege and all that stuff. Because like you say, you know, what else do you spend your money on? Well, we bumped into a mom at Blogger Block Party whose daughter, whom we've met several times, hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Was in New York because she was moving into college that very next day. And Sarah was asking us questions about um, decorating her room. And her mom was like, when we were getting ready to pack, I thought she was going to be talking about books and all these, you know, like her mom was jokingly talking about, you know, the other experiences of college. And so I think I think that's also like spending so much money on this dorm room when it's a place you're going to move out of, you know? Right. I mean, I think the argument can be made as long as the stuff that's going with you. Yeah. And they actually mentioned that in one of the articles that they can take a lot of the stuff with them. To their starter apartment. And they know? can also pass it down to their siblings or whatever. Right. Well, I remember the excitement of like moving to your first dorm room because that's kind of like the first time you have your own space. I mean, you have your bedroom in your house, but there's a certain like extra freedom you feel when you go there and you get to like put your mark on a room. No, I was like, I'm not going to put my clothes in my hamper. Boom. Take that, mom. And then I moved in and was like, of course I'm going to put my clothes in my hamper. I don't want my new friends to think What am I, an animal? Exactly. 
I was in dorms the first two years of college, and then I moved to a house uh, with some of my friends for the last two, and I, I lived in the same room. I knew I was going to be there two years. I remember making some decisions that felt a bit more permanent, like, this is dumb, but I had a radiator, and so I like got a piece of wood and painted oh, that's a cover nice. for it. That's and, like, nice. So you could put things up there. Yeah, so it was a shelf. And actually, the house that we lived in was one of those places where they basically converted every room into a bedroom so that they could get the most tenants as possible. So I was in, I think, what was the old kitchen. Oh, and so funny. my room had a door to the outside, for one, <laughs> my own screen door that went outside. I also had the giant vent where I think it um, vented out where the stove used to be that I had to I had to cover with a poster. Incubus right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had an interesting college experience with regard to dorms because the college I went to, FIT in New York City, obviously New York City, tiny, it was in Chelsea, which is 7th Avenue. It's very busy. So you only could get dorm housing for one year in my college. So as a freshman, I lived in dorms. And then as a 19-year-old, I had to find my own apartment in New York City. And that's really hard because nobody wants to give you an apartment and rent you when you're that age. So we all had to get our parents to like co-sign and find a place. My very first place was in Bayside, Queens. I lived there for about a year. Then I moved to Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, which anyone who knows, that's like the very bottom of Brooklyn. It was like a 45-minute um, subway into Is the it city. Like past Coney Island? No, it's like sort of near Coney Island. Okay. And then I moved to Soho, but I was at- um, Didn't you move live in Astoria first? Oh, you're right. When did I live in Astoria? It was before I lived there. We both lived in Astoria, but at different times. You're right. I moved a lot, guys. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, I think there were lots of places we both bounced around to. And it wasn't probably until we bought our first apartment here in Richmond, which we were only in for three months before we bought our first house, that we sort of flipped the switch where we were like, this might be fun to settle. But so the idea of going to Pottery Barn for your freshman dorm is at least beyond That's true. my my world. But you know Fair what? Point. Maybe just moving into dorms has changed for everyone. Like this, you know, HGTV and, you know, home goods and like all the decor movement was not a thing in 2000 when you and I went to school, at least in the accessible way that it feels like it is now. So Yes, wait, I'm going to I'm about to make an observation. Ready okay. for this? I feel like when we went to college, it might have been about expressing your individuality in your dorm so like you were sort of showcasing your personality with objects like if you liked a certain band you had that poster up i bet that's still true for like a majority of college oh you students. do because i was gonna say now it kind of feels like showing like your how refined you are or your sense of style well i think that's probably what we're seeing in these pictures from old miss like right if it was a competition like they said in some of these things like you could see how oh they're rewarding people who have these lavish headboards or these monograms or big art pieces right then you start to fall in line with that and maybe that's where the individuality might fall out of it. Right. But I think in general, it might be nice with a dorm to still use it to feel like you and not to feel like this perfect clone space. Yeah. If your side looks exactly like your roommate's side, you might lose a little bit of yourself. Yeah. Maybe you won't. I, that's when you were talking about the individuality, that's what I thought. I mean, I think it was nice that me and my roommate didn't necessarily try to coordinate on things and try to be alike because I think the college dorm experience or the first apartment, whatever that is when you're like kind of on your own is about figuring out you Right, first. right, exactly. You're like experimenting like, am I the girl with the weird jean blanket? And the nice thing about also the experimenting in college is when you're not spending a lot of money, those experiments are less risky. I still remember I paid $32 for my plastic goldfish urban outfitter shower curtain that I hung on the wall. And then years later when I threw it away, I was like a waste of $32. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have a single thing from my original dorm. 
So I'd love to hear more about the dorm rooms, especially if this is a thing at other schools. So if anyone is a college student or a recent college student or just has photos of their dorms, I mean, maybe this is just what dorm rooms look these days. I'm just out of the loop because I haven't been in college for years. Yeah, we're old. Well, and again, we'll post the articles that share some of the pictures of these dorm rooms at the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. I think I've also got a couple pictures of at least one of my dorm rooms that I can put up there. I know I can find a picture of the goldfish shower curtain and M&M poster with the denim blanket. I can picture it. I'm hoping I still have it. I'm going to look for it. Okay, we'll go on a hunt after this. But now, shall we wrap things up? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get in some more digging. Well, I am digging legit bookends. Legit bookends. This has... Enough said. I'm digging this week. No. (laughs) No. This has... Yes, this requires some backstory. So I have had a few real bookends in my life. I had these yellow horse bookends. I spray painted them yellow. I think they were like marbled orange when we bought them. Oh, the ones like from the thrift store or whatever? Yes. But other than that, I've typically just like made stacks of books or leaned things against each other. Or I use non-legit bookends, things like a vase or like, you know, a piece of stone, something to create a bookend. Can we tell the vase story, please? Yes. So... I had a bunch of heavy books in the office, a bunch, and I knew it needed a bookend that had some weight, but we didn't have a legit bookend, so I used a blue vase from Target that I liked, and I filled it with rice. This is me thinking I'm brilliant. Yeah, I didn't know any of this. Rice is heavy because it's like sand. I didn't have sand, and so I didn't want to fill it with water because my fear was it would like tip over and spill everywhere. Oh, really? You you feared it tipping over? <laughs> because if I may pick up the story, Sherry is out. I think you I was were, at the gym or something. I don't know where you were. You were gone. And I closed one of the drawers. You know, the shelves we're talking about in our office have open shelves on the top and drawers on the bottom where we keep a bunch of our office stuff. And so I was closing one. I guess it was enough movement to (laughs) shift the books off kilter that were being held up by this vase filled with rice. And they just leaned over, pushed the vase off the end of the shelf, and it shattered on the floor, which is enough to freak you out when the vase breaks. But when that's accompanied by rice (laughs) everywhere... It was like a rice truck tipping over on the highway. It was like a rice water balloon being thrown (laughs) in my direction and me not knowing it was filled with rice. So my first instinct, I'm going to take a picture of this. Yeah, John texted me a picture and said, so this happened. I was like, WTF, where are you to clean up this rice? Because why did you booby trap this vase? And then I got home and John's like, I tried to clean it, but there's a lot of rice under the baseboard. <laughs> I was like, who knows what is stuck under there, but I got what I could see. And I used like a business card stuck under the baseboard yeah. to get the so rest now, of So now, now I understand why you're digging legit bookends. Yes. And they're easy to find. This is like me Surprise. People sell them. Awaken to an actual object that does something functional. Some that I've bought recently have been, it looks like a half geode, but it's really heavy. It's big. It's from Home Goods. I got sort of marble. They're shaped like houses from Target. Um, I'll put some links in the show notes to you guys because um i do think a planter like a, a solid planter yeah, I mean, with a plant say, in it can work these yeah. these objects can work We've i had just, a lot of luck with objects i just had really big books and they were books that were tippy and especially the drawer being open and closed under them i knew i needed weight and i guess i thought it rice weighed enough more rice that's the answer more rice <laughs> water probably would have been better because no. water is heavier but no. it would have made a no. bigger mess and you know what I think you could do, Sherry? If like someone has something they want to use a bookend, it's like you can probably buy one of those cheap metal bookends. You're right. Because you could probably put that 
in, and it's they're low key enough. And if you if you tuck it actually inside the book, so the last yeah. book on the end covers the metal plate at the end. Yeah, or even the last page of the book. So it's holding up all the books. Just put the metal L shaped thing like, yeah, within the, the the last book, maybe halfway through the last book, and then put your decorative object outside yeah. of it. Who sells those metal bookends? I'm sure though? you can get them at any office supply store or on Amazon. Yeah. Maybe we'll link to some of those too because I was actually thinking when I was doing the vase thing, if only I had one of those metal yeah. brackets. I we'll didn't take this first spin. I'm sure this works. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll report back. Or if someone else out there has done it, let us know if it works. Well, I feel like if that was your digging about bookends, my digging should be about a book. Ooh, a tie-in. Specifically one that has not wronged me by dumping rice all over the floor. <laughs> so this is a book that I just ordered from Amazon, and I'm only like 15 pages in. And I am already loving it because it's by one of my favorite writers. The book is called Grunt by Mary Roach. She is a science writer. I know this is sounding extremely nerdy. It's nerdy, it's but just it's interesting. Mostly nerdy. Um, she's a science writer, but she takes this really kind of comedic, approachable viewpoint on all of the writing that she does. And so she has several books out, and I've read all of them, I think, except for maybe one. And they all tackle a really broad topic, but look at really specific studies and science behind them. So there's one grunt. The subtitle is The Curious Science of Humans at War. And so it's about military science, but she's not talking about like the traditional things about military science. She calls herself a goober with the flashlight. <laughs> and she like finds these really interesting, weird things. Like the opening story is about how they use like a rotisserie chicken you would buy at the store and a gun that projects them at windshields on planes to test bird strikes and the ability for military planes to withstand bird strikes. That's actually fascinating. And so like they're so <laughs> random and she she's just really funny in the way that she writes. I'm glad them. they're not launching live birds. No. It's very nice of them. No, but you know it's it's something you don't think needs to be tested and have science behind it. So again, I'm I'm only like a few pages in this book, but she promises a lot from it. And the other books I've loved from her like the first one I read was called Stiff and it was about cadavers. And it sounds really dark and gross, but it's much more interesting about the uses of things. Yeah, it's more like, like when you donate your body to science, what does that mean? What are the various ways? I mean, we all think of like, oh, so surgeons can practice on it, but there are all these other random things. Like I think there was a chapter about how they use cadavers to develop better crash test dummies for car safety tests. Yeah, I just like that she names them. You know, I'm like a nerd for book names. So I love that all of her book names have, or many of her book names, have one syllable words that sort of evoke what they're about. Like, isn't there gulp? Yeah, she's got gulp, you know, that's like about digestion and eating. And there's spook and bonk. And I kind of wanted to write one about like home improvement or DIY or something. What would we call it? Um, thwack. <laughs> That's actually perfect. It's like the sound of a nail gun, the sound of a hammer, because bonk is already taken. Yeah. Let's see. Cry. <laughs> no, that that's not what's It's too depressing. It is. Crap. Crap is a good one. What about like z? <laughs> How would you spell that? A z? bunch of z's and a t at the end with Bingo. an exclamation point. Bingo. You nailed it. Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast. We love hearing what you guys are doing when you listen. So keep tagging at Young House Love on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And a big shout out to M. Lehan on Instagram who listened while painting her doors, trim, and paneling. Yeah, and if you're enjoying our podcast, we'd love it if you took a second to leave a rating or review on iTunes. Hey, and tell a friend if you think they'd like it too. You can also leave us a design or DIY question by phone, and we might just tackle it in a future episode. Just call 571-4-YHL-HAP. And check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for all the bonus links, photos, and info from our episodes. This week, we've got a pretty epic picture of that whole rice vase explosion. Later. Bye. Oh, I think that's your voicemail. Do you want to play it real quick? Yipper. <laughs> no. <laughs> My dad said.
says yipper. No one says yipper. 